Welcome to a Life of Choice podcast, the podcast that helps you shift and broaden your perspective to get more out of life. I'm your host, Robin McCaig, so let's get started. Welcome back. So I've been talking about having a choice, which we all have in every moment of every day. And whether you believe that or not, it's actually true. So now I'm going to go to the other extreme. What about having too much choice? And choice to me does relate to decisions, though it's slightly different. So if we're talking about decisions, there's an estimate that we make about 35,000 decisions per day. And they can be from very small things to very large things and everything in between. So if we actually sat and thought about that, that feels really overwhelming. And if we're going about our day, as we do it, we don't really pay that much attention to it. Maybe you notice certain decisions are more frequent and become more routine and they don't really affect you in any way anymore. You just simply do it. It's fast and easy, and you don't really have to think about it. Other decisions take more time and effort, and again, that's on a scale. So, for example, the clothes you choose to wear. I know some people like to do it the evening before, where they decide what they're going to wear the next day. Here in Vancouver, with our variable weather, it's not always so easy to do that. And, you know, there's layering involved, and we're never quite sure what's going to happen. And a famous example of someone who wanted to forget about that and not worry about it was Steve Jobs, and he wore the same thing all the time. And we see this in a corporate setting a lot, where a lot of people wear suits, both men and women though the men seem to have less decision-making in the sense that often there's a couple of suits and they interchange those with shirts and different ways of dressing, depending how formal the situation is and where you are in the work world. And I know when I worked corporately back in the day, there was almost an expectation that you dressed a certain way. There was a dress code And if you wanted to be taken seriously, for example, the idea was that you dressed the corporate way, which was more formal, suits, and for women, jackets and pants, so basically the same as a suit. And colors were often more subdued. If you were wearing a dress or a skirt, there was kind of a idea of what the length should be. And it all felt very restricting. And at the same time, if you wanted to get ahead, that was kind of the unwritten rules. And things have certainly, in many areas, opened up, and it's not as stringent or scheduled as it used to be. And at the same time, there's still that thinking out there that this is a way to save brain power, that we make so many decisions throughout our day, the less we can bring in of other decisions, the easier it's going to be. For example, buying all the same type of socks, and then they're interchangeable. If you lose one, you can simply use a sock from a different pair. And I know women that like to just dress in black, or black and white are the only two colors that they wear. 
And personally, I've never been really shy of color and I love color. It really helps me with my mood and how I'm feeling. And I really like to decide that day what's something I'd like to feel today. And for example, blue is one of my favorite colors, but maybe I want some pink and bring in some self-love because we have color therapy. There's colors for a reason. There's tons of research done on this and color is really important. And for some people, maybe they feel that that's one thing they can do without. Personally, I couldn't stick with one color. Black doesn't work for me anyway, so it'd probably be a navy blue or a gray. But again, there's that place of individuality, choice, and it doesn't feel comfortable to me. And of course, we're all different. So for some people, that feels really good. So if you think about it, does that take a lot of effort, time, brain power for you? So again, bringing it back to the personal, and is that something that you need to maybe cut out of your life and have less brain power around that? And so maybe that makes your life easier. You get up in the morning, you have less choices as to what you're going to wear, and you get going faster. And I would say another big area in this place of choice and decision is around food. And I know I can get kind of feeling stuck in thinking I have a really boring diet. And most of the time I'm okay with that. It doesn't really bother me because I know I do have the choice to do something different. So in the moment, deciding that day or you know, going grocery shopping and deciding what I'm going to have for the week ahead is totally fine with me. And then some people, they like to eat out and get food from different places, different ethnicities, and that works for them. And personally, my concern about that eating out is around our health, and that's another topic. I think the most important part of decision making and whether we actually fall into that decision fatigue is when we're making more complex decisions. For the simpler decisions, it doesn't really have that much impact. We can choose in the moment. Maybe we decide, oh, maybe I didn't really want to wear that today. I'm feeling uncomfortable. And at the same time, it's not a huge deal. When it does become important is when we're making decisions that are life-altering. So if you're working in a job or you're making decisions around people's lives and there was actually a study around this. And I think it was taken a bit out of proportion, but at the same time, I think there's some value there in looking at, am I in the right frame of mind? Am I relaxed enough to make these big decisions and make sure that the outcome is something that falls in lines with my values, with what's important, with the guidelines for what I'm doing, whatever that is. And maybe taking a time out and, uh, you know, moving around, getting some oxygen to your brain by getting some fresh air or some simple walking around the area that you're in, something to break the monotony because we can get so focused on something we kind of lose track of the bigger picture. 
And if we add pressure to that, if there's a time frame, then that can be even more of a place where we can lose focus and not necessarily make the best decision. So again, it's context, it's how extreme the situation is. So one of the things I notice working with entrepreneurs is many of them are high in the growth area. When I do the motivational map process with them, a lot of them are high growth, including myself. And so being high growth, we can make decisions very quickly. It's like I can make that decision, move on. It may not always be the best decision because I maybe haven't taken everything into consideration. And there could be some short-term regrets. But really, when you focus on growth in the future, there's not a ton of time spent in regret usually. So one of the recommendations I do with people that do have that high growth is to make a set of criteria for your decisions when you're not in that high stress or decision-making process so that you have something that you can refer to. For example, I took a course with Maria Nemeth who wrote The Energy of Money and she talks about the standards of integrity. And she has a process that she uses and you come up with a maximum of 12 standards of integrity. And so when you're making a decision, you can look at two or three of these standards and say, is this decision, for example, loving and intelligent? Those are two of my standards of integrity. And then I can weigh it against that to see Is this the best thing in this moment? Maybe I need to gather more information, but taking that breath and step away allows me the ability to do that rather than buying in that I have to make this decision right in this moment. For some people, it's having a sounding board. For other people, it could be a list of pros and cons. Maybe you have a scale for how The decision is related to money, time, the people in your life, the connections you have. So all those areas of your life that it will impact. And so that's why it's great. I love that she suggests having two copies of your standards of integrity, one to carry with you in your wallet, purse, pocket, wherever you may be in your car, and then one at home so that you have access to it in a fairly easy manner. And I would suggest the same for your criteria list. And maybe it is, if it's a person, it's like, how do I need to connect with them and have some kind of plan? So, I mean, they may not be available all of the time. So it's like, okay, if I have a really urgent decision and I need you as my sounding board, what can we create? so that I can, whether text with you or messenger or some way to say, I'm feeling this in this moment, I would like to make this decision, and this is the time frame, so they understand, and setting that all up in advance. So I'll leave this basically open-ended because I think that we all have to find that place that's comfortable for us and those decisions, and whether you feel you need to take some of the decisions away and 
maybe look at some of your routines within your day. I know for me, when I work corporately, I would basically bring the same thing to lunch every day. And it wasn't a big deal to me. It saved me money, time. I would make my salad the night before, put some protein on in the morning, salad dressing if I wanted it, maybe a snack for during the day. And that was easy to take. Now that I'm mainly working from home, especially with COVID, it's like making sure I take breaks during the day to refuel myself, to clear my head, and not spending all that time on the computer because I can be mesmerized and then we can get into, you know, the scroll habit on Facebook or some other, you know, LinkedIn or whatever your social media of choice is. Or maybe it's looking at your pictures from your past travels and you're thinking about, oh, I would love to be planning a trip and it's not possible right now. So it can be all sorts of different distractions and different things. So it all comes back to what works for you. How can you make sure you are in alignment in your life of choice, making sure that your needs are met and that your decision making, the choices you're making, are all healthy and work for you and the people that you love, the people that you're connected with, your way of earning your money, so your business or your job. And what is the decision? Is it simple, complex? Does it involve other people? What part can you take responsibility for and what part is not your responsibility. It comes back to knowing who we are, what we need, what we want, so that those processes can be smoother, faster, and more congruent with who we are. Because if we're not congruent with who we are, this sets up a place where we're going to have some area of our life that doesn't feel right. And this can spill over to other areas of your life. So the more that we're in alignment and congruent with what we're thinking, what we want, what we aspire to, who we want to be and what we want to do, the more that these processes get easier and actually help us in our day-to-day -day life and let us have that life of choice. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and recommend the show on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.